The podcast about everything is an Hour of the Wolf studio production. Hi, this is just an alert that the podcast you're about to listen to contains some adult language. Nothing terribly shocking, but we appreciate our listeners' sensibilities, and thus we give you this warning. Thank you. Hi, this is Michael Allison. Welcome to the podcast about everything. Welcome back to the podcast about everything. It's a new year. And as part of a new year, we have some people joining us here in this studio in our The Wolf Studios, where we broadcast from the deep pit in the Pennsylvania Appalachian Mountains. Sometimes we don't even know where we're at. But I have two guys with me. Um, one of the and I want them to introduce themselves to the audience because you don't know them. As a matter of fact, I barely know them. So let's start with the guy who has uh, my name is Corey written in crayon on his forehead. Uh, Corey, crazy Corey, tell me and the folks at home who you are and why you're here. Well, my name is Corey Geishauser. And when I was a young artist, people saw great things in me. And then at probably age six or seven, I took art lessons from Michael Allison. And the rest is history. Ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've known Mike pretty much all of my life, flapdoodle professor. And uh, I, I really look forward to doing this. I, uh, I was an art major. And I spent many years working in therapeutic recreation. So um, talking to these two geriatrics today will be right up my alley. Oh, good, good, good. And um, you'll notice I'm wearing my drool bucket at my advance. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that. Okay. And the other gentleman here is billed as Cousin Mike. But he's, he's not my cousin. Um Mike, tell us about yourself. And you know what? Before you start, this is going to be very confusing for me because now there's two guys named Mike. And it, you know, at my age, I won't know whether I'm coming or going. So, you know, just bear with me. Go ahead, Mike. Tell us who you well, are. Well, you can just refer to me as Cousin Mike because uh, my, my, my profile in the public is a little bit too uh, crazy to, to reveal my true identity. I'm ah. kind of like Batman in that regard. So, oh, cool. Um, <laughs> there you're a crime fighter. So, yeah. So basically, I'm here because uh, Corey asked me to be here, and um, as you saw on our conversations about this broadcast, um, I did it because he of his relentless badgering, um, as he usually does. So uh, here, here I am. Um, I've been involved in, um, you know, the, the the criminal justice community for a long time. I've you know, I, I teach at Penn State Altoona. Um, really enjoy that job, and I'm a, I'm a musician on the side. Um, whenever I'm playing, so and that's pretty much the extent of it. Okay. He plays a ukulele on his side. It's awesome. Excellent. Ah, cool, <laughs> cool. Um, so later on, um, since you are do te teach um, law enforcement, 
I think I'm going to ask you if I'm ever arrested what the safe word is. Tippy toe. Tippy toe. Okay. <laughs> That's an easy one to remember. All right. So the reason we're gathered here today, uh, in all seriousness, <laughs> is um, yeah, seriousness, uh, is I have always been enamored of a particular literary form. It's called the Proust Questionnaire. It was created by Marcel Proust. And the idea was, if you can answer these questions about a character you've created, the character will seem very real. Uh, and you'll be able to put the character in situations and already know how he's going to react. So the character will kind of write itself. So there's been other versions of this. Uh, James Lipton on A&E used to do interviews and use a format like this. And Vanity Fair has used it as their end page for a number of years. So... Uh, you know, as you know, uh, amateurs borrow and professionals steal. So I stole the what I thought were some of the best parts of all these different questionnaires and took a hammer and some duct tape and stuck them together into my own version. So if it's all right with you guys, I'm just going to dive right in and we'll answer some very personal, deep hitting questions. Okay. All right. First question. What makes you happy? Anybody? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, what makes me happy is people laughing. People who laugh make me happy. Uh, you guys, I'm just in a state of euphoria because uh, after getting your text messages, both of you, I've been laughing myself silly. And it is definitely the shock absorber of life's blows. And I, I that that's what makes me happy. People who laugh and tease and taunt rock and not not in a bullying way in a uh in a, in a fun loving roast type of a way that always makes me happy oh of course my kids too they would be the first one i guess sure then they're happy you also have a lovely and dog. my wife and my wife yeah and yeah, you yeah. have a lovely dog <laughs> thank you i'm getting into it too so, so, so it's the content and not the spelling right right okay so cousin mike what makes you happy um, one of the things that makes me really happy is when Corey stops talking. Um, <laughs> this is usually him talking about himself. Uh, we've known knew each other for a lot of years, but uh, in, all, in all seriousness, um, the things that probably make me the most happy in my life are my wife and dogs, and um, you know my my family and um, my bikes and my guitars and music. It's pretty pretty simple uh, way of putting it for me, and. Uh, I think, you know, without those kind of things in there, they're kind of my outlets. Um, so they're, uh, you know, always, always there. They're good. Great. Well, now it's my turn. Uh, what makes me happy? Uh, besides my wife, we have two cats. They make me happy. Um, the family, uh, I have, I have an adoptive family, so to speak, because I have a stepdaughter and a step-grandson who I love dearly, and they make me very, very happy. Also, when I'm being creative, I'm extremely happy when everything's in gear and I'm being creative and still tackling really big projects, you know? So that's, that's what makes me happy. So, okay, second question. What scares you? This podcast. Aha. Uh -huh. 
and the fact that Mikey is sitting in front of the Key West Conk Republic and it looks like he's got a uh, seashell grown out of his head. What scares me? Probably wow. the, the world right now. Yeah. The, the times that we're in. Yeah. Scare, scares the hell out of me. Are we allowed saying hell? Is this PG-13? Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I, I think, you know, Bob Dylan's times they are changing. I keeps running around in my head over and over again at how it seems like we are up a paddle, up a creek without a paddle and all that. And yeah. I hear you about your optimism thing. And that's what scares the hell out of me, especially having kids that are young. Sure. Oh, sure. That's what's scary. I know it's supposed to be humorous stuff, but that. No, no, scary. it's supposed to be scares honest. The hell out of me. There's plenty of humor here, but it has to be honest. Uh, Mike? I think I'm uh, kind of kind of along the same lines of Corey, um, you know, kind of the state of society that we're in. Um, I oftentimes say that I kind of wish when I didn't work in the field that I'm in because I'd kind of like to go back to being naive, um, you know, and, and not and not seeing the real, um, you know, seeing the behind the scenes thing of how society goes. Um, but I mean, I, I've worked, you know, with, with so many mental health. Um, you know, capacities and, and, you know, drug and alcohol, the court systems um, and everything else. And, you know, we just are, are kind of starting to, you know, see a shift in, in the way we handle things, um, you know, but at the same time, while we're trying to help, sometimes things seem like they're getting to be made a little bit worse. Um, and, and there's, I could, I could probably spend hours on that topic just alone, but, um, you know, we only have so much time here today. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, well, um, following on the, following on what uh, you guys both said, I think what scares me the most, you know, being, you know, I'm I'm the one who went to art school in the '60s, so I have all that under my belt, and a lot of the things that we we marched and fought for and tried to prevent uh, the worst aspects of society from taking over. Um, it seems like it's deja vu all over again. Um, uh-huh. You know, the resurgence of, you know, racism and hatred for minorities. And, of course, the situation um, with Putin's, you know, uh, the, the invasion of Ukraine. It's one of the worst things I've seen in a long time. And that really scares me, you know, because... Everybody thinks that oh, if we get rid of one guy, it won't there won't be a worse one to take his place. But unfortunately, that's not really the case. There's always a bigger fish. There's always a bigger fish. You're right. And if there's other life forms out there, and I'm sure they are, they're either laughing their asses off at us or crying about us, or they're putting up uh, quarantine around the planet. (laughs) Well, actually, I think if they're, I think if other like you know aliens are looking down on us, they're probably watching us all walk our dogs and pick up their dog crap with a paper but plastic bag wondering who's in charge well that you could know? be that could be <laughs> of course if you when i was a little kid running barefoot through the grass um yeah stepping in that <laughs> wasn't any fun uh which what reminds me of grass uh, running, as a small child running barefoot through the grass. Small child. yeah you know not an adult. No, I, I'm 72. I don't run anywhere anymore. Um, but, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, there was a 
a young fellow that I know who's now an attorney in State College who, as we were coming back from another state, entering Pennsylvania, he said he was going to create a Yankee candle scent for Pennsylvania. It was going to be called um, Freshly Cut Grass and Dog Shit. <laughs> I thought it was one of the funniest things he ever said. Okay. I think so, they could have great one called Paper Mill. Yeah, Paper hot, Mill. Paper Mill. Hot holes and piss. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, what makes you angry? Speaking of that, what, what makes you angry? Corey Geishauser. Okay. Mike, well, um, <laughs> what, make, yeah, what makes me angry is all this, the world again, all this pissing and moaning. Why can't we get along in harmony? Yeah. We're going to blow the hell out of each other. Yep. It's, it's goddamn ridiculous. I just, you know, I just can't, all this evilness and it's, it just drives me nuts. That's what makes me mad. Holy heck. Mm-hmm. You got one life to live. Well, unless you believe in reincarnation, which sometimes I think I was in another life on a tropical island because I, I hear steel drums. I and think I, you I, were I, a cactus because you're kind of a prick. Wow. Just remember, a prick something useful. <laughs> like just like an asshole. <laughs> I don't know. It's just um I just get so bummed out. Mike, you know, we're yeah. very much right brain thinkers and you know, it's it's like what? You got one life on hits. You can either choose to do good or demean it or be do bad. And so many yeah. people are going over to the dark side and come on, what the hell? I don't know where we go when we're done on this life when we expire but oh man i want to be where there's beer in heaven hopefully there is heaven. yeah yeah i don't i don't want to be where the pissers and moaners go to yeah really don't get me started no, just cousin kidding. mike what makes you what angry makes, i think one of the things that makes me the most angry you know kind of piggyback off of what Corey's talking about um you know is the the fact that everybody's an expert on everything today, um, you know, everybody, everybody's, a, you know, they're, they see a, they see a story on the news about a crime or something like that. They're suddenly an armchair attorney. Everybody knows how to handle things. Um, you know, no matter what the situation is, they think they know how to deal with it better than the people that are actually dealing with the problems. Um, and there was a book and I can't remember the author's name. Um, I know I mentioned it to you, Mike, um, you know, it's called the death of expertise. Right. Just kind of goes off on that whole, you know, that whole idea that everybody, you know, likes to say, you know, they like to be the expert on everything um, when they really have no experience in even what they're talking about. Exactly. So I think that's one of the things that infuriates me the most is whenever you're talking to people, um, and you know, especially whenever I encounter people in like in my jobs over the years that are trying to tell me how to do my job, thinking they know how to do it better than I did. So, yeah, that's kind of what gets me going. Yeah. Well, I understand. And once again, we align. Um, I'm just going to express the same thing this way. It's the elevation of ignorance. Uh, The idea that in many people's minds, and it's been, I think, exacerbated by social media because it gives anyone who can walk and chew gum at the same time, an outlet 
uh, the elevation of opinions and the confusion of those with facts really angers me. I mean, I want to, I literally want to pound people when I read some of the things that are purely, I mean, some of them are really inane opinions that are expressed and you say, well, you know, no matter how delicately you put it, you know, well, you know, uh, no. (laughs) And they, and then they explode, you know, and right. they call you all kinds of names and things like that. So. Yeah, it's scary, Mike. The, the fact of what the, I, you know, I coach young kids in volleyball, and the things yeah. I hear they they don't know the difference between what's facts and what's fiction. Yeah. Oh my stars! It's just whoa. Well, my every- my my joke about my education is, uh, you know, I went to a parochial school, and there was it. There were some very dedicated teachers there. Some of them were nuns. Some of them weren't. But my joke is, you know, going to this Catholic school, uh, they spent 12 years trying to teach you how to think. And then senior year, they dropped a lot of heavy dogma on you to try to get you to stop. Uh, And it, you know, once again, that 60s generation, it didn't work very well. (laughs) Gives a new meaning to the term papal bull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then, so uh, going along with the annoying part, now what do you find annoying about yourself? Mikey, you take this one first. You're more annoying than me. Uh, I don't know. That's that's kind of a neck and neck debate right there. But uh, <laughs> I, I think sometimes... I might, I, I think I, and you can probably attest to this, Corey, I think sometimes um, I can take a little bit too long to get to the point um, of what I'm talking about. I can have a hard time connecting point A to point B without going from point A to B, then to C, then back to B. And, <laughs> you know, when I could have said something that was just a little bit easier and um, explained it. Well, I, so I, that's, I that's, that on social media too. Mikey, you're straight to the point. But everybody and their uncle wants a freaking exclamation about everything. So you can't go from point A to That's Z. Without, I mean, you're Valid. really to the point, And most people with any type of an IQ <laughs> understand you. But because everybody's so emotional and has feelings now, you have to zigzag around it. But no, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. Yeah. So you're saying other people make me annoying. I don't think you're annoying. I like to pick on you that you're. <laughs> so is that your I- answer, Corey? Flapjack or Flapdiddle, he's got, <laughs> he has got so much talent that he he's letting a little bit out here and there. But if the son of sure. a bitch opens up the floodgates with his talent, ooh, ooh, and I've been sitting in his sidelines all the time, going, "Come on, Mikey, come on, Mikey." So he's a naturally shy boy. When he's when he's ready, he'll 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 unleash it. And it's, oh yeah, uh, his blog stuff, his blog stuff is hilarious. Oh, I have but, to read his blog. I, I am very annoying, and Mike, Mikey won't agree with this, but I, I, I can't stand myself, and I, he, he will go off saying that I just love talking about myself. I really don't. I just can't. I'm just. Uh, I know they say if you can't love yourself, who can you? Well, uh, there's stuff that I'm always. I tell you to go love yourself all the time. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, especially uh, once you're it, married, you know. <laughs> it's an art, I think it's an art thing. You're constantly trying to make, 
you know, people are like, oh, that's great. You did that. Oh, that's wonderful. And then you're thinking to yourself, you, I, Michael, you might do the same thing. I beat myself up constantly. Yeah. We're our best, the best and worst critics. Uh, you know, after I put a piece of art out, I'll say, that's a piece of shit, not a piece of art. What did I do? And I beat myself up and I'm in, it annoys the heck out of me. Some of the things I do, but I'm very annoying. I think ask my wife. You're right. Um, the things that annoy me about myself are I can be very judgmental and I try to stop doing that, but you know, I, I do it. And, um, I try to make sure it's not unwarranted, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm very judgmental. And also, uh, once again, you know, I, I'll have a, an art show of an exhibition of my pieces and I'll walk through and go, yeah, that's, that's wrong. Um, I gotta, I gotta fix that. No, yeah, that one really sucks, you know? And yeah, it's constant. It's constant. Quit being and, so judgmental. And I, yeah. And, and everybody, well, Here's a story. Cool. Um, I was teaching art to a group of ladies. They would have, it was, a, you know, one of those little art societies and there's a bunch mm -hmm. of Sunday painters and they get together once a year for a week and they rent, um, you know, a nice little campground area and they come together and they paint and then they hire an instructor to help them improve. Was so, uh, at the last day. Yeah, there was. Um, uh, and food, lots of food. You know, that's that's was enough payment, but they also gave me money too, so that was great. But I'd walk around and I'd try to help them and point out things that they could improve, and you know, whether it's line or color mixing or whatever, and paint application, blah blah blah. And I crack little jokes because you know I do that. And a lot of my jokes are targeted back at me; they're self-deprecating, <laughs> and the. The day before the picnic, the, this one lady said, we love you as an instructor, but we're really concerned about you. And I said, why are you concerned about me? I said, they said, um, because you seem to suffer from low self-esteem. So what do you mean? She said, well, you're always making fun of yourself. I said, okay, let me ask you a couple questions, and this will help you understand. Do you think I'm well-read? And she, they said, yes, yes. I said, do you think I'm articulate? Yes. Do you think I'm quick-witted? Yeah, yeah. I said, so if your neighbor has an atomic bomb, who would you rather them use it on, you or themselves? <laughs> I said, because trust me, if I started cracking jokes about you guys, you wouldn't like me very much anymore. You know, no. so there's that. It's so a good it's a good card to play the Rodney Dangerfield like you're doing. Bust on your own chops. I, I, yeah. I, being in front of many different audiences over the years, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to go. You know, this this kind of it's kind of funny you bring that up too because uh, Corey and I had a had a friend who passed away a couple of years ago, and and somehow he was he was able to use that kind of sarcasm and wit and things like that, and you know, say things to people. And somehow they laughed at it. But if, if one of us said something to them, they would be extremely offended. So I think it's sometimes it's always the delivery of that's how, a real talent. That's a oh, real somebody, talent. You know, somebody does it because, yeah. um, you know, because I, I know that there was a lot of times whenever, you know, we were hanging out with him or spending time with him, um, he, he was being completely serious in his insults with people. 
but they're just going ha 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 and you know not even coming close to understanding what he was actually talking about attitude had, I mean, approach he had that delivery are colossal yeah attitude yes delivery yeah. in, a, in so many ways and so many levels and we yeah. could do a whole other episode on that sure okay so what's your most embarrassing childhood memory that's a good one. I don't, I don't get embarrassed much. I never really have. Um, I, I remember it got really hot at church one day and I passed out and my dad hmm. picked me up, threw me over his shoulder and took, I was by maybe seven or eight, no, seven or eight. I remember him taking me out and throwing me in the snow and, and then me coming back in. But um I really wasn't embarrassed. I was for a second, but I really learned early then just to start joking with that whole thing. Like, you know, uh, I got to go home and change my clothes or sorry, I was late. and hope the Lord forgives me. I, I, I was only in maybe second grade. And I, I don't get embarrassed much. I always try to take the embarrassment stuff and turn it around. Even like if I'm walking down the street and someone says you know your fly's undone i'll say it's there for a reason like that you know or you got something in your teeth you know the old i'm saving it for later but i'm sure you two guys don't get embarrassed that much either depending on the situation mikey yeah i don't i don't honestly remember any time that i've actually really been embarrassed um, especially when when I was a kid, maybe that's maybe that's why I put most of my childhood memory out of my head. Maybe it was a string of embarrassments, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I can't. I, I really couldn't probably pinpoint anything that really ever made me extremely embarrassed. But if it did, it probably had something to do with like farting or something mm. <laughs> in class <Yeah>. or <laughs> something Classic. ridiculous like that. <laughs> do uh, you have one, Michael? Do you have what? an embarrassing? Do you have an embarrassing moment? Oh, it's my whole childhood. Yeah. <laughs> All those nuns. Well, when we lived in Hollidaysburg, um, I was, you know, sent out to play and I wanted to, okay, I wanted to stay home and read books and make little drawings. You know, that's what I wanted to do. But I was sent out to be a sports person. And so the first time I was ever, I ever played baseball in my life, you mean an athlete? No, just, you know, person. Uh, yeah, just anything to do with sports. Um, so I was sent out to, to play baseball, and I, every kid there was older than me, and they made me the catcher. Ooh. And they put me behind the plate, and the very first pitch, I had never caught a baseball in my life. The very first pitch, the guy threw a fastball, and it hit the helmet right between my eyes <laughs> and knocked me on the ground. Is that what they based the sand lot on? Probably. It's probably <laughs> just my childhood completely. Yeah. Uh, and there are other things. There was there was the time that I was so frightened of my third grade nun when it was time to, before air conditioning was in school, so you had to uh, adjust these window blinds uh, with a pole and bring them down to block this afternoon sun from coming in the classroom. And every this woman was psychotic, and she obviously hated little boys because she was always beating us with rulers and stuff. So I started pulling down the window blinds, and the third one came down and then went up and rolled up completely, and I became terrified of her. I literally snuck out of the school, 
ran home and hid in the house. And my mother found me and wanted to know what was going on. And I just said that this nun, who will remain nameless, I think she's going to kill me. And so my mother marched into school, gave her a piece of her mind, put it in place. And of course, blessed mother, you know, sister lied right to my mother's face and said, oh, I've never heard a little boy. You know, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. So, yeah. You use, you use the word dedication with yeah. those uh, nuns before. The word should be committed. Well, they were, uh, they, they should some, all be some of them because... were committed and some of them needed to be committed. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. yeah. And, you know, if they ever rolled their sleeve up, Mike, on those nuns, as the sisters of the Sith, you know, the yeah. Darth Vader. Yeah, it yeah, would, yeah. It would, It'd be a picture of a bulldog and say USMC. Yeah, yeah, that, I agree. Because I've heard so many stories over years, and so many talk about the awfulness of what the priests have done. Have mm -hmm. they ever heard about what those nuns did? Oh, oh Moses! No read wonder it. everyone was leaving that religion. Read, but read about the laundry nuns in Ireland. That's that's the best. Um, okay, are you predominantly <laughs> I mean, a? No, worse, yeah. The worst. Sarcasm. Are you predominantly a happy or sad person? Oh, that's the annoying part of me. I am a morning, noon, and night person. Doesn't matter what time of the day. Most of the, um, most all the time, I'm in a good mood. Even if I'm in a bad, I don't know it if I'm in a bad mood, but the different audiences that I work with, the, uh, the young and the young at heart usually don't know if I'm in a bad mood. Oh. I just find ways to vent that bad mood and anger okay. sometimes you playing the piano drawing a picture beating the hell out of mikey wild but you know so what you do with the anger i mean pound play i meant pound the play, play though i didn't mean yeah 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 uh cousin mike i think uh I, I would probably i would like to i would like to not lie and say i'm predominantly happy um but i think you know i, I try to be and, and i try to be positive but i I think in in the in the you know career that I've had um, over the last twenty some years, um, there's a lot of things that can make you cynical. Um, so you kind of look at things, you know, from a different perspective sometimes. Um, and it's and it's hard to be happy whenever you're presented with a lot of the issues that you're presented with in the field that I work in. Sure. Um, but it is very important, you know, to be able to take some kind of a self care break. Um, and try to keep your, you know, keep yourself away from that, which is why, you know, some of the things I like to do is, you know, is like I said earlier, things that make me happy, you know, playing my guitars and being, you know, listening to music and, um, you know, getting on my bike. There's nothing like getting on a bike and going in for a ride in the middle of the woods to be able to, you know, get your head cleared. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole, there's not a whole lot that makes me like truly sad. Um, you know, aside from you know, losing someone who's really close to you, you know, really close to, um, you know, so I mean, and I, and I would, you know, and I have to say that if I, you know, didn't have Corey, um, you know, I probably would be a little bit sad. Um, probably wouldn't be super sad, but you know, just a little bit. <laughs> well, um, for me, um, I'm predominantly a happy person, but, um, well, I've, I've dealt with seasonal affective disorder most of my adult life. And so I'm in that now. I had the sads imposed on me. And I mean, other than, you know, the idea of losing friends, 
losing family members and things like that. Um, I know when my parents died, I was incredibly sad when that happened. And uh, I had helped, especially my mother. I was her caretaker for a number of years. So, um, but yeah, you know what? If you have depression, you can get help. And uh, mm -hmm. this is a little mental health break here. Yeah, you can get help. Uh, usually it's brain chemistry that just needs to be fine-tuned a little bit, you know? And, mm -hmm. um, and I'm speaking from experience. You know, I'm very little bothers me anymore. I mean, there's things I think deeply about and go, damn, I wish I could fix that. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, the idea of the um, seasonal affective disorder is kind of gotten gotten rid of it and i'm i'm happy that i have um now, here, here's one i can for recommend you some really good drugs <laughs> i take my flintstones like there you go people, boy. We, the three of us are on facebook a lot and yeah. if you see somebody that posts something yeah. do you have to always if it's the dumbest damn thing you've seen and some of these open-ended questions and some of the things that do oh, you yeah. guys do you always go for it or do you just say, you know what, I'm going to let this one go. The angel, the devil, this person's a putz. I have to put my comment in. What, what do you do most of the time? Because there's so many things like these, these, some of these things that people just write like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it happened again. What the hell happened again? You know, no. I don't even bother. I don't even bother no, going no, you there because 90 other people will say what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. Or, <laughs> there's a that's a hook you know that's someone who wants attention you know trying to get you to respond and that's what they want and it's right personal off, validation yeah it's personal validation exactly and then, there's a, and then there is a question that you guys me include anybody puts their two cents worth in hell hath no fury there goes the opinion world again what? Yeah. What? oh yeah you're, you're just falling right into the trap exactly there's this great tibetan word that i've learned uh, and it literally means a fish hook, uh, shenpa. It's whatever hooks you, you know, it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol or, you know, sex or anything like that. It can simply be your own, your own sense of compassion and wanting to help people can hook you into some really bad situations. So you have What's to be very, shen, 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 S-H-E-N-P-A, shenpa. Yeah. I, so whenever I see that stuff, I just go, ah. Shen and pass on by. Okay. But but the three of us, if we see something stupid, we're gonna we almost automatically just want to dive and just oh tear. yeah. The temptation. we have all three of us have the power to rip a new hole if we wanted to. The, but we also the temptation is strong. Yeah. Not even gonna bother with this one. Because if they scoop down to that level or scoop down, go ahead. Next question. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Do you occasionally reward yourself? And how do you do that? <laughs> I give myself a milk bone. Ah, attaboy. Uh, so, uh, I reward myself. I guess... No, I don't much anymore. It used to be when I was a single bachelor, I would all the time. I'd go to the Pirates training down at Bradenton and always have a good time. And now that I'm Al Bundy, married with children, um, I don't give a lot of stuff anytime i really get to i guess reward myself is when i'm alone in my art studio get my my artwork done that's okay. i don't know if that's much of a reward but oh, it's it is filling. it's called it's, it's, it's my called, time it's called me time yeah exactly yeah. mike 
Um, I think it's gonna that that answer for that depends on the um, you know if I'm rewarding myself for something specific. Okay. Um, now, like whenever I you know when I started taking my master's degree classes a couple years ago, um, I made up my mind that um, if I if I graduated and was able to stick through the program and get that degree, I was buying myself a new guitar. So I did that, bought myself a new guitar for for getting through. Um, and, you know, so little, little, you know, things like that every once in a while, but nothing, sure. you know, nothing on a regular basis. Sure. Um, so there, there, there has to be some kind of a bar set, right. you know, as, as far as an accomplishment that I would have to say, I'm going to reward myself with. Ice cream. That's good. That's my Creamer. reward. And I don't always do it, but. Every now and then, you think, you know, Michael has been a good lad. Uh, he's done a whole lot of nice things. Or he's made a nice little pile of money, and he's not going to have to work hard for the next six months. You know, and I'll go buy myself an ice cream. Nice. What What's your favorite flavors, boys? You have favorite? It's supposed to be a lot about personality or something. Well, if you ask. Cookie Monster from the Meadows for me. Absolutely. Oh. oh my gosh. I am I am so old fashioned. Anything with cookie dough. Yeah, chocolate uh, chip cookie dough. Me too. I, I get, love it. I get confused and it's I can't eat it. But um <laughs> you know what? Sure. I'm a, I'm a very simple man with very simple tastes. Uh a chocolate and vanilla twist cone if it's soft yes. serve. Yes. Or hard ice cream, chocolate and vanilla that you can stir together as it starts to melt. Mm, perfect. Uh, the other thing, uh, if I go to Dairy Queen or to Meadows, I will get uh, a blended thing. They call them different things, you know, a blizzard mm -hmm. or whatever, with Heath Bar chunks in it. Because I love toffee. Now I'm getting hungry. Okay. Yeah, me too. I, would, I, now <laughs> I, want, ice, I want ice cream. Okay. So <laughs> who or what is your greatest love? Who or what? Well, my, my wife is my my love, but my first love is uh, art, not Art Martino, right. Mikey. The art, our art, and the art of comics and art of any type of art, any type of arts, I guess, really, because I was always either playing some type of instrument. I don't know if I ever accomplished any of that, but I always like goofing with different instruments and. I'd say drama, but I'm not into drama. It's more comedy stuff that I love. But the arts, art was my first love. You have one, Mikey? Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, the um, you know, my my wife and my dogs, you know, and the little little family that we've got created. That's you know probably the greatest. But then, like you, um, you know, my first, you know, you know, first first love of sorts was you know probably you know music. You know, growing up and um you know got me into playing my guitars and you know all the music that i listened to and um i think that's probably the thing that's kept me the most sane over the years um you know that's you know music is just something you can always turn to you know no matter what you're feeling and you can either get yourself out of a funk with it or you can um you just add to feeling better depending on what you listen to um you want to try to bring back memories you go listen to something that's a little bit nostalgic um, you know, I, I, there's certain songs I hear from the eighties, you know, just brings, you know, the, the childhood, you know, come back to you. And 
Um, you know, then that can make you sad there because then you start to long for those days again and wish things were as simple as they were then. But, um, but yeah, I mean, those those things all, but to me, they all work together. You know, the, you know, the, the, the greatest love and the current love and everything else. So, yeah, with me, it's pretty much the same list. It's wife, family, my pets, and that time when I make art, you know, um, and it, it, it's not getting praise, which I do get, but it's just the act of making is so fulfilling. Uh, and um, it's the one addiction I don't want to give up. <laughs> right, right, so, right. Okay, so moving right along, we have three more <laughs> three more questions before it's time for a commercial break. Ah, oh, good. Happy I'm glad hour. you put on a hat. Um, so, Happy what do you hour. find attractive in a woman? You talking to me? Uh, yeah. T A and L. Yeah, I'm looking at you. T A and L. Okay. I, do I do I have to expound? No, no, that's fine. That's fine. I think Mikey's thrown up. Yeah, he is. He did. He, in his hat. Oh, yeah. I mean, their personality. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Mikey, what do you find yeah, attractive? Um, someone who can tolerate being around me 24 hours a day. Amen. You got that. You're good to go. Yep. I agree. <laughs> I agree. We just celebrated 22 years of her putting up with me. And it's pretty, or no. 24 years, I take that back. Oh, 24 years of her right. putting up with me. And, um, you know, that's a major, actually, it's a major accomplishment for both of us. <laughs> so, you know, interesting. We've had interesting love lives. <laughs> St. Barbie. Yeah, St. Barbie. She's a <laughs> wonderful person. She's a wonderful yes, person. she is. And, and I will just add that, you know, that A part, I've always been one of those kind of guys. So, you know, there's that too. Uh, but no, she she has a wonderful personality. She's oh, open and loving, and absolutely. that's really important. Now, I look for that in everybody, but women, yeah, open openness and loving, definitely. Okay, so flipping it over, what trait do you find attractive in a gentleman in a man? Oh, a guy has to be uh, one of those guys that. You can um, at a bar. Okay. Sometimes I'll I'll meet a, a guy out. We'll be all out at the bar, and there'll be another party going on, and I'm like, "Oh, this guy's hilarious." It's like the Norman Cliff and Sam Malone type thing. Okay. The guys, ever there's there's uh, you find guys who can automatically bust on each other's uh, chops. That's one of my favorite things about uh, buddies, guys. Yeah. Okay, Mikey. I think, uh, you know, just, just people that someone you can just pal around with. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't want to associate myself with people, um, who have the tendency, like if you go out and, you know, with a group of guys and you have that clown who's, who's in the group who, um, constantly feels the need to creep on women or act like they've never seen a woman before. Um, I guess I don't, I don't want to associate myself with that kind of person um you know just just go out and have a good time and you know let let the you know, you know talk to people you know let girls in their group hang out just just don't be a creepy weirdo right um you know be a be a normal person and try to have some kind of conversation um without acting like you're you know 
some kind of, you know, God's gift to women or something like that. And then, you know, because then people start to, you know, guilt by association, you know, I don't want to be around people that have those kind of traits. Um, I just want to be out with somebody who's like, Hey, let's go, you know, have, have a good time or whatever and meet some new people and whatever. Right. I, what I find is, is, is gentleness, the capacity for being gentle and the capacity for expressing affection. A lot of men can't. My dad was raised never to express any affection, including to his son. So it's like I decided I may, as he got older, I'd made it my life's work to break through that. And it was it came from, you know, the way he was raised and his generation and everything. Absolutely. It's his generation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I just started I just started hugging my dad. And at first you could just feel him stiffen up and he was freaking out. But I kept at it. I wouldn't stop. And eventually he started hugging back, you know. And so people have that capacity to drop all the macho crap, you know, and to be not only affectionate to their families and their wives and everything like that, but to each other, you know. I mean, all the all the, you know, malarkey of, you know, cracking jokes and busting each other's chops and stuff like that. That goes with being a guy. But at a certain point, you can drop that and move into a thing where you actually express some sincere sincere emotions every once in a while. And I, I, I like that in my friends. Let's put it that way. The like generation that. thing you, you talked about is just working in um, senior living for 31 years to see the um, the greatest generation known as our World War II, uh, the ones who were really brought up through the Great Depression and that talk about hard knocks. We, yeah. we don't even have an idea. We have an idea, but we have no clue with what they went right. through. Right, um, right, right. And then moving into the baby boomers, uh, the, the whole entire attitude, levering approach is, is different there. I worked at the vet's home for about 10 years and our World War II and Korean vets would be like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And our Vietnam guys would be more like, F you, F you, F you. Yeah. But they still, they still were, were grateful. Uh, the baby boomers were just so much fun. And then moving into like the Generation X and Ys and the millennials, it's uh, all the different affection uh, has, has really, really changed. And, and just music. I'll never forget when I first started in the field, I was playing on the piano, Let Me Call You Sweetheart, You Are My Sunshine. And then before I, I left that field, uh, I was we were watching ACDC. We were watching um, Grateful Dead videos. So, I mean, that, that's huge in just a generation, I, uh, yeah. 30 years working with that, how we went from the Andrews sisters to Twisted Sister mm -hmm. was just awesome. I mean, I could, I could write a book just on that, just on the, the whole music thing. But it, it also goes with the loving and caring and approach again. So, I'm sorry. So, no, that's all right. Something I just popped into my head. Um, Pink Floyd has released a whole lot of high-definition versions of their concerts on youtube oh, no. and places like that so we watched nice. a couple of them and there was one concert it was probably from uh, 25 years ago uh and of course you know they have 
some of their songs have great sax breaks, especially from the Dark Side of the Moon stuff. And there was a guy, it wasn't our usual sax player, and this guy had the mullet from, he- from hell. You know, it was like hanging the whole way down his back. And the way he played sax, he was a show just in himself. He was a great entertainer. So I had to find out who this guy was. Turns out his father played horns for Lawrence Welk. And when he was 12, he was accomplished enough to be brought on the Lawrence Welk show to play, <laughs> play music. And now he doesn't play music anymore. He does once in a while, but he has a whole electronics firm that he runs in California. But here he was, here he was playing with Pink Floyd and his starting point was playing with his dad on Lawrence Welk. So there's an intergenerational uh, contrast wow. for you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, that's what a trip. So that falls into our next, uh, our next question before we take a break. Okay. What talent do you wish you had? Now, we're all talented guys, but what talent do you wish you had? Uh, easy for me. I wish I could do magic. Ah. I can't do magic to save my life. And I've worked with magicians over the years, just me drawing my caricatures and, and meeting them. And I had some good buddies growing up that were pretty good. I tried it more than a dozen times because usually people like tried something out by the third or fourth time. If you stink at bowling or if you stink at golf or fishing or whatever, you take up a new hobby. I can't get magic at all. Unless they're two years old, my audience and I do the old cookie coming out of the year or whatever. I wish I could do any type of magic or trickery. Can't do it. Mm-mm. Mikey. First off, I think Corey's not giving himself enough credit. He's a great magician because when he enters a room, everybody disappears. Absolutely. So <laughs> I led you up for what that. A great setup. I, I that set one. that whole thing up just for you. Oh, great setup. Great setup. Uh, yeah, for <laughs> for me, I think for me, I think it's the the, the ability to be able to read music. Um, huh. I learned most of my I learned most of my music ability from you know just listening to things by ear um i can play a lot of stuff by ear but if you put music in front of me you're just going to be like looking at hieroglyphics um i know some great sight readers um and i don't know how they do it um that's just that's one thing i've always wanted to learn and i just have never really you know learned or had the time to to do and so that's probably my number one thing on the list and mine is completely the opposite. I wish I could play a musical instrument. For me, playing music means turning on, you know, iTunes or, you know, every now and then putting a DVD in the D or a, you know, a, a CD in the CD player and listening to it. Um, I tried, tried guitar, tried a couple of things, just wasn't very good at it. And you know, despite what some people think, I actually. I can kind of draw good, so I kind of concentrated on that stuff. So, okay, um, we're going to take a break because, you know, capitalism is ringing our bell, and uh, we're going to take a little break for uh, some ads, and then we'll be right back uh, here with Corey and my cousin Mike on the podcast about everything. Well, we're back, and wasn't that a refreshing commercial break? Um, Okay, we're going to dive right back in because 
For some strange reason, the three of us seem to be really mouthy today. We're really going on and on and on, uh, which is great. Um, so here's the next question. What's the one thing you'd like to change about yourself? Corey? Uh, physically, I wish I was back down to 200 pounds. This, okay. this put 275 is ridiculous. Mm. I was active with the curve for um, a long time. Yeah. I, I was skinny. And I was younger, too, but uh, I'm probably one of the biggest in my entire family, like extended family and everything. And that's that. I mean, I'm active constantly. But if I wasn't active, I would be as big as Jabba the Hutt, I think. They'd be cutting out the doors and stuff to get me out of the, of the room. But probably physically, my uh, my um, my stout, my roly poly. But um, uh Anything else that I don't want to change about myself? Yeah, probably a lot of my attitude and approach to delivery, too. Sometimes, you know, I I try to handle things with care, like everything's for Jilly. But uh, a lot of the time, the old stubborn kraut comes out in me. Oh, yeah. And I just, it, uh, you know, sometimes a little bit of Irish stubbornness in their tea. But there's a few, a few things. But physically, I wish I could. It start when when, the, when I turned fifty. People tell you about the check engine light will come on. They weren't kidding. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. what the hell? I mean, I went from like two vitamins to like a half dozen pills and stuff. So, and none of it's Viagra. That thing's still going, thank God. But physically, I, I just I'm out uh, of breath. Too much information. Shut up, Mikey. I see what you're getting ready to say. <laughs> Go ahead, Mikey. Uh, take <laughs> us out of the Viagra area. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're not we're not, we're not going to go to Viagra Falls here. Um, you know, what a stiff! I no, I, I mean I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of in the same thing with Corey. I think that um, you know a, a lot of us as we get older, you know, we start putting on the pounds. I, I've always tried to be active and try to stay somewhat fit, and um, you know, it, it just seems like as life starts to get in the way, it gets a little bit harder. And as much as I try to not, you know have it get in the way. Um, you know, I, I've gotten a lot further off track right now than I want to be. So I, I got to get myself back into it. So that's probably the biggest thing I would have, you know, I w- would want to change about myself. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and if, and, and honestly, if I, if I had to do some things all over again in my life, you know, to, to change some things, I would probably have picked a different career path. Um, Cause there's so many different things I'm interested in. Um, you know, I, I, you know, Corey talked about my, you know, my, me blogging and my writing and things like that. And he's always on the sidelines cheering for me about that. So I mean, that's something I can change. Um, that's something I'm working on changing. Um, cause I would, I would like to be a little bit more self-sufficient and not have to rely on a traditional job to be able to survive and make money. You know, I kind of want to be, you know, enjoying my life rather than, you know, just going, getting up and going to work every day and then doing the same stuff day in and day out. So that's my big things I would like to change. He wrote this funny script that I've never been published yet, but it's more adult humor, but it's written as a kid's book about um, taking care of yourself. It's called Hygiene by Gene. Oh my goodness. I laughed so hard. My spleen was in my lap. He, he was such a, He's very powerful with the pen. I I look forward to reading your stuff, Mike. I really do. Um, and 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 at the end, we'll I'll ask you guys about where people can 
get in touch with you, read your stuff and things like that. So uh, you get a chance for plugs there. Uh, okay. So uh, let's see. What do I want to change about myself? Um, yeah. Well, you, you know, at, at, at 72, I'm kind of a wreck. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm taking some steps. I mean, I do get exercise. Um, I like to build things, too. So, you know, that gets me outside and gets me some exercise and things like that. Um, yeah, you know, I think everybody wishes they were younger than they are at the present time uh, because we have this illusion of this golden age. And like I said, the most embarrassing part of my childhood was my childhood. So, um, you know, I, I'm a little skeptical about looking back, maybe well, even that was a horrible time, but I was seemingly unaware of what was going on around me. I think if I could reclaim the um, the body weight and the energy I had when I was an art student, that would be great. That would be great. But then they'd probably put me in a zoo or something. So I don't know. You know, I think one of the coolest, I mean, you've done so much stuff. We'd have to do a whole episode on just or two episodes on that. But how many artists can actually say they designed a golf course? I've done two. You have done two. Yeah. And they're awesome. Two. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. They're, they're for awesome. kids. They're for they're kids. For kids they are not that doesn't matter. Little yeah. kids. They are not just for kids. That is forever fun. Um, well, thank you. Okay. So next question. Uh, how would you like to meet your demise? I didn't hear that. How would you like to meet your demise? Ooh. Ooh. Well, why don't you lead that one, Michael? Tell, tell us yours. Can you tell yours first? Are we allowed to say? Which Mike? Which which, whichever you. one. Cousin Mike, go ahead. I have a couple different things going well, on. I, I mean, honestly, I, I would... I think probably the best way to do it would be like um, in my sleep, yeah. um, not like the people in my uncle's car who um, were screaming and yelling as he met his demise in his sleep um, as he was driving. I'm just kidding. Um, Ouch. Now, now I, I, I think Ouch. I think just did. I, <laughs> I think in your <laughs> I just think in your sleep would be the one way to go. Yeah. Um, I, I can't even imagine going by any other way, like. Um, you know, drowning or getting stabbed to death or anything like that. Because um, I because I honestly think that you know, whenever whenever you're conscious and you're, I just can't even imagine what it would be like to be like knowing that death was imminent. You know, you know somebody you know, you just got shot or you're getting eaten by a shark or, or whatever. I just. That that's very unsettling to me. Or getting a bullet in your back, running from a jealous husband. And the list goes on. Oh my god! Yeah, you got nicked a few times. This is a tough one because yeah, this was in the last week. A bunch of my buddies have just. I saw that, and I haven't even posted all of that stuff because some of that, they're you know younger than me and about my same age, you know. I'm when you talk about the different wars and stuff, I'm kind of the Desert Storm, Desert Shield era. Right. Um, I didn't go in the service because I would have been peeling potatoes the whole time and been like Gomer Pyle or Sergeant Bilko or 
F troop, if I would have McHale's Navy. But um, it's been on my mind a lot lately, and I've never thought about death as much as I have within, well, since COVID. I'd say the past, I'd lie if I say the past couple of weeks, because that's how it's really been hitting, but probably the past two years. And when I had COVID the first time, I thought I was on my way out. I'm like, did I do everything I wanted to do while I was here? The bucket list thing starts going. And I, uh, like Mikey said, probably the the, the best way is, is to go and you're sleeping. Just working with the, the field that I did of, of uh, octogenarians most of my life, I, I've seen so many things in different ways. That God, I don't know how I would want to go besides going to sleep, but I hope the, the place on the other side, wherever it may be, whoever it may be, you know, they, they, they meet me with, you know, a drink and a toast and say, Hey, good job. I'm broken. Yep. Let's, let's do what you like to do the most. That's, that's my idea of heaven. Everyone says like, ah, your idea of heaven. Now I'm getting into James Lipton too much here, but my idea <laughs> of heaven is what you absolutely love to do on earth all the time. Maybe not all the time, but yeah. when my grandma, Katie died, we always said she went to the, the great big golf course in the sky or the great big square dance in the sky. Yeah. But uh, if there's a rock and roll heaven, I know they got a hell of a band. Yeah. Oh, well, I have, I have two. Uh, one, I agree. I want to go peacefully in my sleep. Uh, the only other way I want to go is being crushed under the naked bodies of the Swedish co-ed um, uh, a gymnastics team um that's also been a sort of a very nice yeah you know there is inga there is inga swiss miss pudding butter so good for you <laughs> okay you, isn't that like the 70 virgins or something that meets yeah, you on the of, it's sort of like that sort of like i that. like it the swiss <laughs> one i'm gonna drink okay. this one if you were to die and come back as any person or thing, what would it be? This is a reincarnation question. I do think I've already come back um, okay. a couple times. That's the whole thing with deja vu. I swear we can go on for miles and years all with that. Year we have all yeah. um, if, if anybody wants to jump in, go right ahead. What would I like to come back as? Having know what I know now, sure. one of those deals. If you want, yeah. It's your reincarnation. If I knew then what I knew now. If I can, Mikey, if you got one, you jump right in. If I were to come back, oh boy. That is a darn good question. I'd probably want to come back as some type of, a, some more of a peace peacemaker. I guess it's kind of boring, but uh, I probably try to do more, more good. I try all the time, but I would probably in the last few months have been slapped in the face more than patted in the back. Mm. And all our, all artists, musicians and the painting guys, we know what that's all about. Uh, we think we're doing one thing and it's, um, it's not, you know, so many of us are in our, we think we're in our right mind and I, maybe that would be it. Maybe to have a better balance of the right and left side of the brain. Because as much as I've been in management over the years, I, I thought I'd have a little more logic 
but I'm still the the creative part beats the hell out of my logical side. I I wish I had a better balance if okay. I came back. That works. Both sides of the story. That works. Mikey. I think uh, for myself to come back, um, I would probably have to say I can, you know, come come back not necessarily as but leading the lifestyle of one or two people. Um, the first one being either John Denver or Jacques Cousteau. Oh, um, nice. John, John John Denver because of his. Um, I wouldn't say Jimmy Buffett, but Jimmy Buffett's not dead yet, so he can't. I can't come back with him. Um, he's already got his soul, you know, spared and uh, spoken for. Um, but uh, I mean, John Denver was such a phenomenal songwriter, um, phenomenal storyteller. Um, you know, every, every 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 song that he sings and wrote, you know, paints a picture. Um, and as far as you know, Jacques Cousteau, um, you know. The, the, the song "A Pirate Looks at Forty" from Jimmy Buffett says, "I was born a I'm a pirate twenty or two hundred years too late," and um, I, I still think that's kind of me. I've always had a fascination for the ocean. I've always had a fascination for the, um, you know, the, the nature of the ocean and what's in the ocean. Um, if I lived closer to the coast, I could probably be dangerous. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to do when I was growing up was I wanted to be a marine biologist. Huh. Um, unfortunately. Unfortunately, God did not give me the brains for math, um, which is why I do what I do um, at this point in time. But, um, but yeah, I mean, one of those two individuals, I think, would be, you know, two people that I really would like to have some something of what their lives were. Well, um, I'd like to come back as one of my pets because my pets don't have to really do anything. Um, they, the cats, we have sleep all day long, um, and they're well-fed and loved and, you know, shown a lot of affection. So, um, yeah, that seems like a pretty good life to come back to. I don't know if I'd really want to come back. I I mean, you know, been there, done that, got that t-shirt. I like Corey's idea of heaven is, you know, you just get to do what you really like for all of eternity uh but the the traditional idea of heaven you know if everybody has little wings and a harp and you just have to sing praises for all eternity that doesn't appeal to me at all you know um just doesn't uh so i kind of like your idea i'll I'll make you you remember the famous far side uh cartoon with the going to heaven and they're handing out harps and they're going to hell and they're handing out accordions yes I remember. I remember. That was great. That was I don't know why I great. got there. I'm so off the Okay. Topic. So what's your what's your personal strength? Uh what do you consider your strongest characteristic? I'd like to say my sense of humor, but you guys might totally disagree. No, 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 no. No. Because not everybody appreciates it. I I I I I always wanted to make a business card that says uh I put the F U in fun. You should do that. That's, that's it. Mike? Um, just, you know, just being the best person I can be, um, whether that's professionally, personally, um, you know, always always looking for something to better myself. Um, you know, 
you know, being being a servant leader, um, you know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, at the risk of the gales of laughter that this may pro- provoke, um, I would say number one, the fact that I'm able to share things with people uh, without necessarily there being a hook, you know, without always needing to be paid for it, that sort of thing. Um, that I've I've trained a lot of people to do a lot of interesting stuff, and some of them have gone on to be successful. And I think that's a wonderful, I guess a, that's being a teacher. And I think that I've been, I've been told I'm a pretty good teacher. And the other thing is the fact that um, I've yet to stage a parade for myself. So well, Corey's I, on that. I think, I think, humil- I think humility, and this is, uh, Corey's already laughing his butt off. Uh, I'm laughing. Oh, okay, good. But yeah, humility. I th- and I think humility is a lost um, virtue anymore. Um, all you have to do is watch television. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Or get on Twitter. Keep, That's even worse. <laughs> well, keep in keep in mind that Corey's throwing his own birthday parties and his own bachelor party, so oh, he knows well, nothing of humility. Well, he knows it's a dirty job, but somebody has to do it. <laughs> hey, he likes to celebrate him. Oh, okay. come on. Okay, we're coming. Able, we're, get, we're getting close to the end here. We're getting close to the end. We're getting close to the end. Okay. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> What about your friends do you value the most? I think we kind of covered this, but wait, which friend do I value the most? Oh, what about your friends? It assumes you have more than one, Corey. No, just this guy over here. Maybe okay, well, you. what do you value about him? Not too much. Oh, okay. pointing towards him. Bear. What's that? <laughs> what do I... He's pointing towards I, to I never give up my friends, they know too much. Okay. Uh, probably like honesty and what i yeah i I like being with buddies who always crack me up because i'm starting to forget stuff and i'm writing shit down a lot more but i was recently had a a a reunion it was a zoom reunion with a a great group of uh, artist buddies of mine and they were telling me stories that i forgot and I, i i just got the biggest kick out of listening to some of the antics that i've done and I, I my personality really hasn't changed and this was stuff uh 30 years ago so that 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 always cracks me up is hearing stories about me and my buddies and some of the mischief we used to get get into and could we pull that off today is as 50 no could kids get away with some of the shit that we did back then maybe not but i just get a kick out of listening to stories okay mikey yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, it's probably, you know, the friends who can, you know, be loyal when they can stick with you or, the, or they can tell you, because uh, I've always said that, you know, a friend being loyal doesn't necessarily mean they're going to, um, um, you know, with friends, you know, people who are going to not just, you know, stand by you, you know, whenever you have an issue, uh, but they're also going to, you know, be loyal enough to you to say, you know, hey, you're you're going a little bit off the deep end and quit being an idiot and, um, you know, just just that kind of you know person who can stand by you and you know help you you know help nudge you along when you need it. Yeah, for me, it's like loyalty, honesty, kindness. 
you know, that's what I that's what I value in my friends. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes, and it just goes to what I was saying and what you guys are saying was from Groucho Marx, you know, and I know you guys have heard it because I posted it many times, but it's um, it goes, um, you know, the best friend will come down and bail your ass out of jail. And I'm not saying this is the way Groucho would have said it, um, but the really, really, really good friend is sitting in the cell right beside you saying, damn, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I mean, you have to look up the actual lines. From yeah, I, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have friends that I know that would actually bail me out. And then I know other ones are going, let's do that again as soon as we get out of here. Do you have, do you guys have a personal hero? Oh, Mr. You Rod- up to. Okay. Mr. Rogers. I know saying that if people don't know me, there's, you would have thought it would have been something else. Uh, but Mr. Rogers, yeah. Mike. Oh, I've got I've got several. I mean, from from relatives to um, you know favorite musicians, I probably can't pinpoint just one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've, I've got lots. Um, my dad. There's several artists that I love. Um. Pretty much it. Um, not, never been someone to chase celebrities or anything like that. Uh, but um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's cool. So, do you have any regrets? You know, regrets? Maybe you've had a few on life's long and lonely highway. <laughs> I did it my way. Yeah. Um, not really, but since COVID again, I keep thinking with all my friends dropping over in that bucket list, I really, you know, New Year's resolutions usually by January 3rd, they're already gone, you know, and, and uh, I'm going to lose weight. How's that diet going? But uh, there's a bunch of stuff. There, there's, I have a whole bunch of ideas for books. I've had other people who want to co-write books with me. And I just seem like I keep pushing it off, but uh, probably within the last couple of weeks, again, I've had like this epiphany that I've been back in the studio going full throttle and haven't, I hope I can keep this momentum again, momentum again, because, yeah. you know, inspiration there was always there, but the, the, the light was on, but um, it was getting dim. And uh, sure. so there's a bunch of stuff that I want to do and I got to get, get cracking because I keep thinking, Oh my God, I hope nothing happens to me, but want my kids to be well and you know you just think of everybody else so much and you know so many people think all you do is think of yourself and it's like really i think try to think of we instead of just me but i'll get into a sob story now so go ahead mikey if i had to pinpoint just one thing um it would be um you know not not knowing you know not knowing not be not finding my uh passion for cooking until long after I graduated from college. Um, but I, it, on the other hand, I can't really say that I regret it because um, I, I think as far as my life goes, um, had I done that, you know, things things still turned out pretty well. Um, you know, who, so I, I don't know how things would have turned out if I would have, um, you know, ever became a chef or anything like that. I'm sure it would have been a lot different. Um, so right now, I mean, that would that would be a, a possible regret, but um, 
Are you I, still- I, I can't say that I I can't say I would hundred percent regret it. Yeah, you're yeah. He, he's one of guy those guys that takes pictures of food on Facebook that I actually like. So mm. People take it a picture. Who the hell cares what you're eating at Denny's? He'll take a picture and he and Gary Evangelisto, a former teacher of of Mikey and I, they will put stuff down that they cooked. And I'm like, why the hell didn't I get an invite? Yeah. Or they better DoorDash because this shit looks good. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, ah, regrets. Oh, lots and lots and then none. Um, yeah. I'm in I that, agree. I'm in that retrospective time of life. I understand what Corey was saying, though, about, I'm not going to call it procrastination because it really isn't. It's more like burnout. You get burned out. You go, you go yeah. great guns producing. If you're writing music, if you're writing a book, if you're making art, if you, no matter what kind of art you're making. And then after a while, you just like, where'd the ideas go? It's like the whole, the well went, ran dry for a while. So you just have to, that's the time to go read a book and relax and have a drink and, right. you know, smell the roses. And, um, because uh, it'll come back. It'll come back. So, okay. Uh, let's see. Almost to the end here. Do you have a motto? Do you have, like, words to live by? I actually have a bunch, but the one I love is from a Jimmy Buffett song. Um, the name of the song is What Is the Hokey Pokey is really what it's all about. And yeah. Jimmy actually got that from a bumper sticker. Yep. But at the end of the song, it's not even like the lyrics of the whole song. At the very end, he says, you only have two options, having fun or freaking out. And my gosh, that hit me like a ton of bricks when I first heard that probably 20-some years ago, uh, if that. Um, absolutely. It was almost almost anything in, in life. Not everything, but almost anything. You can either look at it two ways. You know, ha, 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 and I know so many people that freak out with the, all different scenarios and situations. And it's there again, Mikey and Michael, it goes back to attitude, approach, and delivery. Yeah. You know, I'd much rather have fun than and then freak out. I just remember so many things that's happened in my life that I said, "Oh boy, if 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 I freak out because I was always in, in a leadership role, if I if I freak out." then everybody else is going to freak out. But if I try to keep my cool as best I can and have fun with it, then maybe, you know, the Titanic won't sink as quick or something like that. It's like, oh, my gosh. So that's my one of my favorite lines and mottos. It's from Jimmy Buffett. Uh, you only have two options, have fun or freak out. With Randy Pausch? No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, he was a, he was a uh, professor at... Um, Carnegie Mellon University. Oh yeah, yeah, I am, I am, I am. I take yeah. that back. Um, yeah. So there was, there was kind of two things that I've always gotten out of him. Um, and one of the first ones was um, he always he had talked about in his last lecture um, about his coaches um, and one of his his coaches that was one of the toughest guys that he ever um, you know met had, had said to him, um, you know. If, if I'm riding your, if I'm riding your tail, um, you know, you should be, you know, glad about that. So, because if I stop riding your tail, that means I've given up on you. Right. Um, I've, I've actually used that line on, on, you know, kids I've worked with over the years several times. 
Um, because I think it's, I think it's the truth. I mean, um, you know, as a kid, you don't want to hear people who were, um, you know, you don't like people getting on your case about stuff, but if they do get on your case and they, and they're not doing it anymore, you know, that's kind of that you're getting, you know, kind of getting the brush off from them. That means they gave up. One of the other two things that, um, I know I got out of Randy Polish and I'm sure, um, you know, he has probably not the first person who said it. Um, but you know, you can't choose the cards you're dealt, you know, but you can choose how you play the hands. And I think that might be a little bit cliche, but I think it's probably some of the truest words ever written. Yeah. Yeah. I get jokers all the time. I wish I I wish I could think of a motto. I I can't. Uh there's there is something I say over and over and over again. Uh I don't think it's a motto, but it really embodies how I feel about certain people in certain situations. It's and it's goes like this. Um being stupid is a lot like being dead. You don't know you're dead, but it's up to everybody else to deal with it. <laughs> Not really a motto, but sort of an attitude. Yeah. Yeah. That I have. Okay, so What's your favorite food? What's your hoagies? What's your, hoagies. I can eat a hoagie any way you want to serve it. I love hoagies. I look like one now, but I do, love hoagies. Do you like them toasty, or do you like them just plain, or doesn't Absolutely. matter? Yes, and all of the above. Um, okay. Heck, I, I my first job job was I was a sandwich artist at Subway. Oh, when I was Whoa. in high school. Well, I just always like the term. <laughs> artists they got that but yeah oh my gosh louis jetta's in town uh grandview there's not a bad hoagie out there uh -uh. i just love hoagies okay mikey pizza wings and cheese steaks no oh. <laughs> sometimes you can get them all on one. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah 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 <laughs> um i like lots of different kinds of foods and I have a pretty broad palate, but um, I'd say for now, it has to be a street one and it has to be really well made with good ingredients. But I love tacos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Street tacos, especially just wonderful because they're so simple. You know, it's the meat little bit of vegetable material some onion some cilantro and some sauce on a nice little crispy corn tortilla it's just oh quit mm. it oh yep. you know one of the best things that we ever brought over to the curve when i was there was that walking taco oh yeah it's probably oh, yeah. healthier thing too but oh yeah like... Woo. i there sure, was a, there was a lady who ran for president now she didn't win. It was just a few years back, and one of the dis one of the disparaging things that was said by about her was, if she becomes president, there'll be a taco truck on every street corner. And I thought, make her queen. Oh my God, yes, let's do that. You know, but she didn't win. Okay, so here's this is a heavy one. This it talks a lot about character. Superman or Spider-Man? Oh, that's good. 
when I was a kid, I always wanted to be Superman. But the older I got, I found out he could get his ass kicked pretty easily, even by Batman. So I'd probably go with Spider-Man. Okay. Mikey? I, I like, I like, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I just like, I like the whole story about um, Peter Parker, how he's like the, um, the little guy, nerdy. He's your everyday Joe, but he turns out to be a superhero where Superman was almost um, like Christ-like. Yeah, he's God. Yeah, he's a God. Um, but I, yeah. I, I love, I love Spidey. I love, uh, I like the way Stan Lee used to write his, his play on words, his, his sarcasm. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. And yeah, I'm, I'm probably, I'm most definitely Spider-Man. When I was a kid, Superman, but definitely Spider-Man. Mikey? I would probably have to say Spider-Man too. Um, I like the Batman character more <laughs> when he wasn't one of the choices. Okay, um, but but well, that's uh, all right. The Spider-Man, Spider-Man is is probably more, um, you know, because I don't want to say that a comic book superhero is more realistic than another one, but I think you can identify with Peter Parker a little bit more. Right. Um, you know, in, in what's in what Spider Man is all about. Right. Um, he doesn't really have any, and really, he doesn't have any superhero qualities. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> right. I mean, he doesn't have special powers other than, I mean, even his web swinging in the, you know, in the, um, you know, original stories was him using like a, you know, mechanical thing right. to, to shoot his web. So, um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, I just think he's a little bit more. Um, you know, he's a little bit more on in, in, in earth. Term, yeah, being you know, be more relatable, I guess. Um, we're gonna have three Spideys in a row because right when I was twelve, I read my first Spider-Man comic book. It was Spider-Man number two. Number uh, two. Number two. And um, I went, oh wow, a nerdy bright kid. Who's not very athletic and likes to read? Take <laughs> hey, pictures. Uh, I couldn't possibly relate to such a character. <laughs> so that, yeah, that's um, the genius behind it. That was the genius behind it. Yeah, they made their characters human. And his originator is from Johnstown. Yep, Steve Ditko, first person yep. to draw him. And we've done right. we've done murals for uh, commemorating Steve Ditko in Johnstown. I have seen. Re- recommend. Bravo. Go see them. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a big deal. Okay, so our final question, our super secret mystery question. Are you ready? Oh. Okay, so we have, the year has just passed, and we've seen, we've talked about a lot of negative stuff and stuff that scares us, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and for me, one of the scariest things has been this resurgence of what I call Nazi uh, uh Nazi uh, <clears throat> closeness or Nazi appropriation, whatever you want to, you know, however you want to put it, uh, by some very popular figures. Not all of them political, but a lot of political figures around the world and, um, you know, some entertainers and people like that. So my question is, who was your, and I'm, I, I'm using the word favorite with sarcasm, who is your favorite? Nazi adjacent personality of 2022. Sergeant Schultz. I know nothing, sir. 
I think I think the actor has passed away. Yeah, John Banner. Um, this kind is a really political question. I know, and you know what, Mike? The whole thing was my pap from Germany got the hell out of there because of some asshole named Hitler. He comes yeah. over here. He gets in the army. And what's the army do? They send his ass back. Sure. Uh, he was sure. a translator. And only many years after he uh, had gone to heaven that I find out that he was one of the translators at the Nuremberg trial. Wow. So anytime wow. I know, I was like, what? Uh, and he was a janitor, you know, so going yeah. back to that, that greatest generation again, where they just, they, they were superheroes. They, they led the a janitor and he used to clean the streets. And here he was a translator for, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what ranking of, I want to say a general, but I don't know exactly. I have to still do some more uh, genealogy and asking about, but when it gets to who oh, Nazis, oh my God, it's, it's just, not really a good subject for me when I when I, when I see all this neo stuff on it, the Nazi it, 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 it makes my stomach sick because I, I just think of how many people don't know history. Hence the uh, question, Mikey. Mm, what a tough one. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not even sure I'm getting the question. <laughs> okay, so there's a there's a lot of people. Uh, you know. They're adjacent to all the wonderful traits that you associate with Nazis, like anti-Semitism. There's a lot of anti-Semitism. There's a lot of racism. There's a lot of uh, celebration of strongman governments, dictatorships, and things like that. And a lot of that's been expressed this past year. And I was just wondering who, uh, perhaps favorite is a bad word, who's the one guy you wish would they just take them off the board so to speak uh because you know they're influential they or they have just a big mouth you know that's yeah i think i think that's a i think that's definitely a tough question because i think that um there's there's so many different people you can pick from um Mm -hmm. honestly i think one of the Things that we taught you said earlier, and we touched on it like for you know two seconds. Um, you know, if if there is somebody to you know get rid of, I would probably have to say, you know, the leader of Russia because, yeah, because um, right right now he's a he's a thorn in everybody's side, and what everybody you know, and what what he does is, um, you know. He, the, the, the things that he does is going to affect a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Putin is definitely one of my answers for sure. Um, but looking back uh, and following this guy's career in the media and the people that he has featured on his talk show and the people that he has harmed with his talk show. I'm going to say Alex Jones. Uh, now, Alex Jones has something like a billion and a half dollar comeuppance circling his head. And, um, you know, there's this wonderful word, uh, schadenfreude, uh, <laughs> taking joy at somebody's misfortune. Go get him. Go get Alex. <laughs> Nail his butt to the ground. Um, because he's hurt so many people. And the last 
two weeks ago. What did he have on? He had Kanye, you know, Yee, Yay, whatever he calls himself now, and Nick Fuentes on, you know, being as anti-Semitic as they possibly could. You know, people who, that's not freedom of speech. That's very getting very close to yelling fire in a theater. So that's my answer. So listen, this has been great. Sorry to end it on such a down note, but, you know, we well, want to ask a serious question every once in a while. End um, it on a good note. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, um, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to, um, people who are going to hear this may want to find uh, out more about you guys, might want to check you out and follow you. So where can they find you? Corey, where can they find you? I'm in exile. I'm a recluse now in my art studio most of the time. Okay. Uh, I don't have a website anymore. Uh, I have just um, on, on most of the time on Facebook. I can't, tw I can't twit. I can't twit and twat to save my well, life. Well, that's gotten pretty toxic. Uh, so probably you <laughs> don't want to Facebook. twit or tweet or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I have a bunch of pages on there that I'm, I'm always uh, running. And, but uh, I'm okay. uh, Corey Benjamin Geishauser short. Is Corben Geis uh, at Gmail? If anybody ever wants to drop me a line, C O R B E N G E I S. Here's where you can find. Great, uh, Mike. Uh, you can you know check out my blog that I started. I haven't written anything on it for a while, but it's um, called Meanderings with Mike okay. um, at CrimeBikesMusic.com. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, and I will uh, make sure that this is in the show notes so that people have it in writing so they can find you guys. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for, this is the first show of the year, the new year and starting it off with a bang or hopefully not a wet scrib, but rather a bang. And um, you guys are great. Thank you for coming on. This was, was wonderful. Fun. It makes the questionnaire valid. I'm going to impose it on some other people coming up in the future and we'll see how much it makes them suffer. Because, uh, you know, that's that's what this is all about. <laughs> so that, thank you okay, very, very what much. It's all about. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. From, yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year from Happy the New podcast Year. about everything. You have some favorite neighbors where you live. I mean, real <laughs> neighbors. We want to thank you for listening to the podcast about everything. It's our ambition to continue to engage with people from all walks of life and to engage with them on a variety of subjects. The podcast about everything can be heard on Anchor, iTunes, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook at the podcast about everything and on Twitter at the podcast about three. Be sure and hit those like buttons and subscribe buttons. Our theme music is Electronic Rock King Around Here by Alex Grohl, courtesy of our friends at Pixabay. Pixabay is a great place for royalty-free music, sound effects, and photography. That's all for now. See you next time on the podcast about everything.